Hello and welcome. You are listening to the Equipped to Be Show with Connie Albers. Equipped to Be is a podcast dedicated to helping you discover and develop your unique strengths, gifts, and talents so you can apply them to all areas of life. So let's get ready to dive into how you are equipped to be. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. Uh, This episode is really going to be a continuation of Parenting the Strong-Minded Child. So I guess I'll call this Parenting the Strong-Minded Child uh, Part 2 or uh, 2.0. You know, I I think I said this in another episode that our children, uh, some of our children have more of a strong nature, a strong bend. They, they're the children who, who they want to be the boss. And they're always, they're always, they can walk in a room and try to figure out who's the boss in this place. If it's a peer group, who's the boss? Who's the leader of this peer group? Yeah, they go into the teacher and, and you, they can figure out which teacher is a pushover and which teacher is going to hold them accountable. In a previous lesson, uh, we talked about the three areas of a strong-minded, and what it, I kind of debunked some of the myths about a strong-minded child, and I even self-identified a little bit as I was probably one of those children. And we, I, I kind of mentioned, and you'll have to go back to that episode and listen to that, but you know, the strong-minded or strong-willed or uh, children or a strong bend, you know, they really don't have a problem with authority, Okay. They just don't want to be controlled. They want to have a sense that they have uh, some say in the matter. And sometimes those kids are the ones that will have the last word in an argument. And it'll continue for a long time. And they'll have the last word as they walk into the room and they've been told to the go room. So they go to the room, they slam the door, and that's the last word. They're going to have the last word because they want to have a sense of uh, choice in what is happening to their bodies, to them personally. And uh, I, just a recap uh, that you got to have a relationship. So we're going to pick up with that. And I talked about strong-minded, strong-willed. Uh, let's, let's reframe that. They're not somebody for us to break. They're not somebody for us to control, to get them to conform. A strong-willed child's not going to conform. You may crush their spirit. And I always had a struggle with that uh, when I was parenting my kids because as a mother of five, I, I did, I have a couple strong children, but I never wanted to break their spirit. Here's some things, if you're wondering if you have a strong-willed or a strong-minded child, here are some of the things uh, I'm I'm just going to say, right? This is what they do. Their their whole motto is, uh, you can't make me, but I can be persuaded. See, strong-minded or strong-willed, they will listen to what you have to say when they know the why behind it, and and it kind of makes sense to them. Do they take a little longer to kind of get on board, maybe with a new idea sometimes? Does it take a little more effort on your part than a child who maybe is more compliant and or maybe more happy-go-lucky, maybe a better way to put that? Yeah. Children who wrestle with indecisiveness, 
they're, they're not going to give you much resistance. They can make you think you're a really good parent, and they can be easy to parent. You make a decision, and they follow along, all's well. But a strong-minded child, no. They're persistent and diligent and persuasive, and they're, they're going to persevere. They're the ones that are going to be willing to take a risk. They're the ones who see outside of the box. They're the ones that you don't say, hey, sweetie, here's a coloring sheet. I want you to paint inside this beautiful little box and pretty it up. They don't know. They don't want a, a piece of paper with lines on it that they have to stay in. Absolutely no. You know what they want? They want a piece of paper and they want to say, have at it. Enjoy Enjoy creating something that you see in your mind. See, I've, you've given them a choice. What else, what else do we know about the strong-minded child? Well, they want to know who the boss is. Who's the boss? Who's in charge here? See, our strong-willed children don't want us to say to them, do this or else. Instead of telling your children, do this or else, phrase it this way. Let's do it this way, okay? And smile and nod your head, yes, as you're saying it. When we finish breakfast, we'll start school, okay? Strong kids need that backbone that they have in them. They're going to need that to serve them well in life. And if we try to break that, We're going to break the core of who God has made them to be. And instead of becoming this leader, they'll spend decades trying to to discover who they were originally designed to be. And then how do they use that giftedness of determination and perseverance? How do they actually use that to fulfill the calling on their life? Here's what else kids of strong-mindedness say. They have the strength, and they have the gumption. They just have to figure out how to use it. And that's where you come into place, Mom. So how do you know if you've got, like, the strong-minded child? Well, uh, they never accept words like impossible or phrases like it can't be done. They can move from being a warm, loving person to being cold and a Formidable force. They can argue a point to the ground sometimes just to see how far to the ground the point will go. They'll consider the rules as mere guidelines as long as you obeying the spirit of the law while you are being so picky. So think about that for a minute. If you're following the spirit of the law, the spirit, the intent, then there may be different ways to accomplish that. So if, if they're viewing the rule as a, as a guide, they, they kind of view it as a guideline and not something like a hard and fast, do this or else. If, they, if bored, uh, they've been accused of actually creating a crisis <laughs> rather than have the day go by without an incident. See, For a strong-minded child, 
boredom can be their greatest enemy. It's kind of dangerous to have a strong-minded child that's too bored because they'll find themselves getting into some trouble. So we want to be we want to be mindful of that with our children. They show great creativity and determination and they always find a way to accomplish their goal. They sometimes refuse to obey unconditionally cuz like there's always uh, just seems to have a few terms to negotiate before they comply. It doesn't mean they won't do it. But they, they are going to uh, be slower about it. And they don't usually do things just because you're supposed to. It needs to matter to them personally. Parents, you need to understand that. See, when you do start to understand these particular points, the way that you parent changes, and guess what else happens? The way they respond to you changes as well. They're not afraid, so we'll move on. They're not afraid to, uh, to do the unknown or to try something unfamiliar because they seek adventure. Rather uh, find a bad guy in the bushes than a spider in the bathtub. Does that make sense? It can, they can take the simplest of requests and turn them into great offenses. And they may not always say the exact words like to apologize, but almost always they make things right. If you're a mom and dad, and I've had parents call me before and, and basically say, my child has been sitting at the table, the dining table, for two hours because they refuse to say, may I be excused, please? The parents were trying to teach their children manners and obeying mom and dad. But when you have a strong-minded child, that child will sit there until they fall asleep at the table. They'll sit there for the rest of their life. When you hit them with a do this or else, instead of, hey, this is what we do. And this is why we do it. This is why we're doing this. When they feel pushed and their back is up against a wall, you're not going to get the reaction. You're also not going to be growing the relationship that you want. See, they don't do well scripted very well. Say you're sorry. Say you're sorry. Say it. Say it. To them, talk is cheap. Do you live it? Are you practicing what you preach? See, strong-minded children, they're looking for that. They're looking to see if what you're saying matches what you're doing. And they're pretty good at it. I mean, they'll punch holes, they'll punch holes in your statements all day long if you're saying one thing and you're living it a different way. See, from the age of like zero to three, they have this strong-mindedness, but they can't really do much about it. I mean, I know we talk about the, the twos, and I refuse to call them the terrible twos because that's not really what they are. They're the training twos, and they're the terrific threes. Ages four to seven, yeah, you ha- they have this strong-mindedness about them, 
And they use it when they need it, but they don't always use it on a daily basis. But around 8 to 10, they're starting to look around. And these are the beginnings of the troublemakers. (laughs) You have a good, strong dose. But you can back off if you need to. Because remember, they're only 8 to 10 years old. 11 to 12, pretty easy. Who has it? And you never leave home without it. It's almost impossible for a strong-minded child to not use and to not be governed by who they are at their core. And that is, I can't, you can't make me, but I can be persuaded. Now, mind you, we're not talking about the scripture in essence of what scripture says here. We're talking about just like what's going on in the heart and soul of your child. See, learning to obey is learning to trust the people that you that are telling you what to do. It's learning to submit to the Lord and trust the Lord. It's learning to honor your father and mother. They're learning to honor us through their trust. We provide security and safety. And, you know, it's, it's going to be an important mindset shift for you when you're dealing with strong-minded children. Because if you have compliant children, uh, they just, they make parenting easy. There's not a lot of drama. There's usually a lot of fun. Uh, There's not a lot of um, conflict. But when you add a strong-minded child to the mix, everything can turn into a drama. Remember what I said, they'll argue a point just to see how far the point can be argued. And then most of the time, they still won't relent because they're going to be pretty set on their way is right. So keep coming back to the heart of the relationship and where are you wanting to go and take them with it. What is it you're actually trying to teach them? So I'm going to cover a couple of points. I've given you a great introduction into the strong-minded child, how they think, uh, the different ages that they uh they're processing that and they're developing that strong-mindedness about them. That's why some children, they'll fight going to bed every second of every day. If it's bedtime or nap time, some kids just, they don't want, they don't want to miss out or for very, you know, I don't know exactly what they're thinking because they grew up and they can't really tell you what they thought between one and three years old, but they do know that they will resist because it's in them to kind of I can't, you can't control me, but I can be persuaded. That's why some children are harder to get on a schedule than compliant children. Now, let's stop right there because some of you are like me. You have a lot of children and some of your children are really compliant. They, they're, they're mommy. They want to please mom and dad. They fully trust you. And if they have come to know the Lord and they have spiritual development, then they know that God is ultimately in control. Those are, those are great kids, but that doesn't mean that the strong-minded child is not a good child. That doesn't mean that that strong-minded child is less than or more than the other children in your family. And it is up to you to understand this and love each child the same. Love them unconditionally 
and don't love them based on their compliance or their performance. Love them because they are fearfully and wonderfully made in the image of the Lord. God has a plan and a purpose for their life, and he has trusted you to shape, form, mold, and fashion that child so that they learn how to process and react to the world around them. It's a beautiful thing when we actually flesh it out. So here's the three techniques when you're working with a strong-minded person or a child. Choose your battles. Don't, you just, you can't make everything negotiable. If you make everything a big, fat, hairy deal, then guess what? Everything's going to be a big, fat, hairy deal. Pretty soon, you'll start arguing over everything. I'm your mom. No, you're not. You're my dad. It's a dog. No, it's not. It's a cat. It's red. No, it's not. It's purple. See, strong-minded children will argue with you over everything because you're not going to give an inch on anything. So you can be right and you can lose. Don't argue over everything. Choose your battles. Decide what you're going to go to the wall for and then go to the wall for it. Then just back off of the rest. You can't win everything or you're going to lose everything. I'm going to repeat that. You can't win everything or you'll lose everything. Here's an example, like physical safety. You're not going to let your kids uh, put you at risk or themselves at risk. So we're going to use a car seat. We're going to hold hands when we cross the street. Those are personal safety matters. Those are non-negotiable. Those we will do battle on. You will hold my hand. You will sit in your car seat. You will follow this or whatever specifics that you have for your family that involve physical safety. Spiritual issues. We're not going to lie. We're not going to steal. That's just it. I'll go to the wall with those. And my kids will give you, you know, my kids could give you examples of how we have had to go to the wall when, you know, they lie about something and they get caught. No, I didn't. Yes, you did. No, I didn't. Yes, you did. I saw it. Here's the text. You did not tell the truth. No, I didn't. That's not my text. They'll go to the wall with you. They will. Because you're trying to figure out who's the boss, where's that line going to move, and how can I wiggle out of this? Because they don't like being cornered against the wall. Now, if you are going to go to the wall, then guess what? You're going to have to back off some of the other issues. What you wear, what you eat, exactly what you say or how you say it, they can and will argue every point and absolutely wear you down. And when that happens, the relationship starts to erode, their respect for you starts to wane, and frankly, your desire to even be around that child, you'll find starts to um, not be as great as it once was. Here's an example. This mama shared this story with me. You know, we're, we're going, here's what kind of like what she said. I wrote, had written this down. She goes, you know, one morning we're going to have breakfast and one of the kids demanded 
that uh, they be passed a cereal box. Pass me the box. And I said to them, we don't demand like that. Well, I know what you want me to say, and I'm not going to say it. Listen, I'm not raising a disrespectful, ill-mannered child. So if you choose not to ask correctly, then no breakfast. Fine. He stomped out of the room. About 30 seconds later, he stomped right back in, right back down the hall and sat down and yelled, police. Now this mom goes, you know, I could have said, now that's not how we say it, but I didn't because I got the main issue resolved. And that was that saying, please. I had to refrain from pushing it because I needed to give some margin for future growth. See, that mama had a lot of wisdom there. She saw what the problem was. She needed to hold her ground and get to the principle. But the approach to it, she allowed for some creativity or variance. The second thing, you got to lighten up. I mean, you got to have a sense of humor to make it, uh, to make it. I mean, you just do. You can't have everything um, at a certain level or you're going to need high blood pressure medicine. And you're going to need stress and anxiety pills. So lighten up. When they say something, you can look at them and smile and say, whoa, nice try. I thought you were serious there for a moment. See, that response uh, gives the child an opportunity to kind of back off and do it gracefully. When the child says, you don't know how to be a parent. You say, yeah, I know. <laughs> What can your child say? (laughs) They can't argue with that. You don't love me. Smile and say, nice try. I thought you were serious. Well, I'm going to run away from home. I'll love you wherever you go. Then smile and continue on what you're doing. Do you see how your response and your reaction diffuses situations with, for that strong-minded child. Just respond without an argument. Smile when you're answering and give them a remedy. That will help you when they are learning how to ma- navigate and how to channel that strength, that inward strength that they have, that inward questioning of who they are, how God made them. Why can't they be like their brother who's so compliant? Why do they always get in trouble? When you, when you press pause and you lighten up a little bit and you give them some room, to some wiggle room, you've been teaching and training your child for a long time. They'll, they, it's there. They just have to kind of figure out how, how to get to where you want without them and having them have some control in the process. And the third, change the relationship with your strong-willed child. It takes a little bit of practice, but not really much. Ask more questions. See, when you can diffuse an argument, your relationship will strengthen because everything won't be a battle in a conflict. So ask more questions. 
how about issuing fewer rules? If you want me to do something, ask a question that assumes the best, not the worst. You'll get a favorable response 99, 98% of the time. You told them to clear the table. Hey, can you clean off the table now? You were going to clear off the table before dinner, um, but I really need you to do it now, okay? Smile and nod. You know, hey, sweetie, I know you were going to get those clothes folded and put away after school. Could, could you get those done now? Because so-and-so is coming over. Or we have to leave and we'll be gone for the rest of the night and we don't want to wake up in the morning having to start our day with yesterday's work. Share the control. You'll find that it works wonders. Remember, if you have to be right on everything, you'll lose everything. And then ask questions as to like, why? 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 Ask questions that has a why or a you in them. Does that make sense? I don't understand why you did X. I don't understand why in the world you did blank. The why and the you, when they come out, they're not going to listen anymore. It's like putting the bony finger. Why do you always do that? It's like putting the bony finger in their wall just immediately. Their defense mechanism immediately goes up. So you have to understand that's going to be a part of who they are. That part of them is never going to go away because they are because God's made them into this person of strength. You just want to help them learn how to channel and how to control those impulses of always having to push back on everything. And you can do that. Try to avoid using the why and you as an accusatory. When you don't, you'll find they're defensive and they just shut down. And unfortunately, they're not going to connect to you anymore. Maybe you could ask questions like this. Do you want help with that? Um, what are we doing when that happens? We're asking permission. We're asking permission. I'm willing. Instead of saying, here, let me help with that, would you like help with that? One kind of pushes your way onto them, and the other one gives them an opportunity to invite you in. It's just a matter of a couple words that we change. We don't want our children to have a no parking zone when we're around, meaning stay away from us. Wait for the invitation. Ask what it would take for you, meaning the strong-minded child, what would it take for you to keep your room clean when you don't feel like doing it? I don't know, Mom. I just don't care if my room's clean or not. No, 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 wait a minute. I, no, I'm not asking you, you know, if it matters to you, but what would it take for you? What, what, how could I motivate you to wanting to keep your room cleaner because, you know, you are living in our house. When you have your own place, it's not going to matter to me how you live, but see, here it does matter because we're all living together and there's common courtesy. And so just tell me, what, what, what would it take? And then let them tell you. And don't forget to ask them if they want help. 
And four, you know, are you trying to uh, make me yell at you or punish you? It's that kind of like bony finger thing. Because they're thinking, what is your motive here? Is your motive to control me or is your motive to get me to do something? And they're going to they're going to constantly question that. So give them some breathing room. Yeah, they already know you're the authority. They know that you're in charge. But try to give them a little control, especially the strong-minded child. Positional authority, it just doesn't work. What if you could find another way instead of the hard way? You know, you didn't mean to hurt them. They don't mean to fail. They don't they didn't mean to to hurt your feelings and challenge your authority, not really. When they fail at a class, instead of saying, why did you fail? See, that's the why and you question again. Ask them, wow, were you trying to get that F in science? (laughs) They're going to say, no, or they'll say, I don't care. And if they say they don't care, there's always a deeper why. Could have been they never understood it and they gave up. So ask them questions and remember, they're always thinking, are you trying to punish me, control me? Or are you trying to um, make me get mad at you? See, shift the responsibility to them. They say it. They own it. It's okay. Just that simple phrase, it's okay, works magic. When you add the words okay, it suddenly makes that strong-minded child Feel as if they have a say in the matter. See, remember the goal isn't getting your way. It's getting something done. Small points of negotiation helps them. Just look for little things that can be negotiated. A way that they can be that creative problem solver that they are meant and designed to be. Walk with them into agreement. Not push them, drag them, shove them. Uh, of course, I'm, I'm talking literally, not figuratively. But walk them into agreement by the way you ask the questions. And watch your tone of voice. You don't need to be weak or timid because that's what they're looking for. Somebody they can just kind of walk all over. It's not that you have to be weak or timid. You don't have to be dogmatic and abrupt. You can, you can do... And say and get your children to comply with a smile on your face. Remember, your children need you. They need you to help them discover who they are, develop the personality and the gifts, the strengths and the talents that God has given them. It's not going to be easy with a strong-minded child. But when you practice what I have shared with you, it will, it will change the nature of your relationship. Your children are going to test you to see if your love is really conditional. And they came to learn 
The harder they pushed, the more they did, the more of an opportunity it was for me to see, did I really love them unconditionally? Or is my love conditional? And they were on the receiving end of what I believe shows them the true nature of God. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. See, we have to remember that uh, we don't have it all right. And we don't do it all right, even though we are the parents. God is so gracious with us. God loves us right where we are, and he guides us and leads us ever so slowly to becoming the person he's made us to be. And as a mom and dad of a strong-minded child, you get to be imitators of Christ to your child. You get to help them learn and discover how to utilize that strength that they have, that persistence and persevering spirit, that diligence, that achiever, that focused child, the child who questions things. We need people who will question authority even. Does this make sense? Those might be people who come up with some innovative ideas or carry even a a political office. They may be the leaders in their, you know, classes at school or clubs. They may go on to hold leadership roles in college. They may go on to start their own businesses. So the words that you say and how you guide that strong-minded child will have lifelong implications on that child. And I want you to learn the lessons, one, that I've had to learn some of them the hard way, because I didn't do it right. Because sometimes that line in the sand, if the toe got too close, I didn't have the grace that I needed. There were times that I was going after obedience, and I would, I would be the one who would argue the point to the ground. There have been many families destroyed over unbending rules, over not knowing the heart of that child or not knowing how to motivate a child or not knowing how that child processes the world around them. Don't let that be your family. Don't let that be your story. It doesn't have to be. Put these things into practice. Watch your relationship change Sometimes you're going to have to get out of the way as your children get older and let them deal with the Lord. And that's still okay because you can have a relationship with that child. The goal isn't control. That's not the goal. The goal is a relationship and influence. Always keep the bridge intact. You'll need that, and your child needs to know that. So I appreciate you joining me today unequipped to be. And again, we're going to be focusing on some of the topics in parenting beyond the rules, because frankly, you guys are asking for it. But it all still has that underlying theme that you're equipped to be a doer of God's word. You're equipped to be strong and brave, and you're equipped to be the person God has formed, fashioned, and created you to be. 
And that's the whole crux of what we're doing. So I hope you make it a great day. And till next time, talk soon. Well, that wraps up this episode of Equipped to Be. If you enjoyed this show, please share it with a friend or family member and hit subscribe so you don't miss a show. And thank you again for joining me. Remember that we are equipped for every season of life.